You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, I'm glad you joined me today, and um, I want to I wanna talk to you. I, I'm not sure I've ever done a podcast that probably uh, hits home more for me personally, and I think, I think it's going to change some of your lives. Uh, you know, there's a verse that talks about, it says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us or slows us down. And so the Lord, in the, the writer here, he makes a difference between weights and sins. There are some things in our life that are not a sin, but they will literally almost drag us to a stop as far as our growth and our progress in the Lord. And um, this podcast <clears throat> that I'm going to do today really came out of something that the Lord spoke to me because um, I'm sure that a lot of you are the same way, but I'm constantly trying to pursue the Lord for Him to bring additions to my life, more power, more authority, to operate in realms of the Spirit that <clears throat> I've not operated in. And uh, one of those areas is, is the grace of the signs, wonders, and miracles. And so I, I was seeking the Lord the other day, and God spoke this to me. He said, son, he said, you will never become so perfected that you qualify to sit on my seat of judgment. And it really, it stopped me dead in my tracks because... Um, we as believers, we have a tendency to uh, recognize the weaknesses in other people much more quickly than we recognize them in ourselves. And um, over the years, uh, there have been times that I have felt qualified to judge someone because of the fruit that was in their life or the mistakes that they had made and um, you, your, your own mouth, you begin to say things about them, and they might even be true. But I think the moment that we begin to release judgment out of our mouth, <clears throat> we stop the blessing of God on our life. Um, sometimes we confuse discernment from, let me, let me rephrase that. Sometimes we think discernment gives us the right to pronounce judgment. And that's not always the case. It's never the case. God will give us discernment to protect us from what we're seeing. It might be that we discern something in somebody and we don't place them in an office or whatever. But Many, many times people can discern something and they think because I recognize it then I have a right to pronounce judgment on it, and you don't. And so um, I, I was thinking of men that in the past, and, I, and I'm going to be really transparent with you today. Uh, there are people that, that I have seen over the years that have operated in gifts that I don't operate in. And I want those gifts. I think that all of us have aspirations. We recognize there are certain realms of the Spirit. We feel drawn to that. 
And that drawing is because God is telling us it's possible to get to that place to where you operate in that. And, um, you know, over the years, when you look back on a lot of great faith healers, um, they've had some fails in their life, or they, their lives did not end in really a triumphant way. And, you know, you can go back, you can read uh, God's Generals, that written by Robert Slaritan, that, that chronicles the lives of a lot of these great people, and yet when you look at their humanity and you look at some of their failures, then we think that that gives us a right to, to judge them and to label them. And uh, God began to speak to me. He said, sometimes the gifts that people want, I won't release to them because of the judgment that they have pronounced on other people that have walked in those gifts. And if God, if God valued those people enough to give them the gifts that they possessed that literally affected thousands and perhaps millions of people, that filled arenas, that changed lives, that raised the dead, that opened the eyes of the blind. Their failure does not give us the right to pronounce judgment on them. And whenever you sit in the seat of judgment, the first thing that you do, the judgment seat only has one seat. The writer said this, he says, God has given Christ the right to judge men in the earth. There's nowhere else in the scripture that it talks about that God has given us the right to judge. Uh, there's a verse that says this, judge not and you will not be judged. And with the same measure that you judge, that shall you be judged by. And, and most of us can say there, there have been many times in the past that people have judged us unfairly, that they've made accusations about us, they've said things about us, and it was very, very hurtful. I, I, I can think of instances where some of the things that have been said about me in the past, even 20, 30 years ago, followed me, they caused great damage and they were not true. But I've wondered, God, how many times have I said something about an individual that I've never even met, and it wasn't true, but I felt justified, or if it was true, I felt justified in pronouncing judgment on them. And if we don't want people to judge us, then we can't judge. And the Bible is very plain. He says, judge not, so you won't be judged. And when you think of Christ at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, the Bible said that he went in and he began to judge those in the temple. He made a whip, and I mean he tore that place up. And he cleansed the house. But nowhere does it ever say that the disciples went in and cleansed the temple. God had not given them that right. Jesus could do it because he was God. But never in the scriptures do you find where the disciples went in and cleansed the temple. They were to preach the gospel. Um, when you go back to the Old Testament, 
Moses was a very, he stood alone. There's never been a man like him. When God was speaking about him, he said, uh, some men I speak through dreams and visions, but he said, uh, with Moses, he said, I speak plainly, face to face. And God raised Moses up, uh, not just to be a leader of the Old Testament church, but to be a judge. And he was a type of Christ. Jesus said this, or Moses prophesied. He said that God would one day raise up a prophet like unto me. And so Moses was unusual in the category he was in. And so God gave him the ability to judge people. And there came a time when, when that office that he was in was so overwhelming that it was taking all of his time. And his father-in-law told me, he said, you're making a mistake. So what God did was he had men whom were going to have to be able to, st to walk in judgment. But they could never do it until God took the anointing that was on Moses and he put it on them. And when those 70 elders received the anointing or the sanction of God that was on Moses, put on them, then they had the right to judge. Well, we live in the New Testament church now, so we don't live in that realm. And um, I think that, and I know this in my own life, I think that I have slowed the process or I have hindered God allowing me to walk in some dimensions because I felt justified in judging other men who had walked in those gifts that I never walked in and had failure. And it, it, it's God's right to, to pronounce judgment on people. And if it was, I told my wife the other night, I said, if it was not for the mercy of God, there have been many, many times, if God would have held me to the letter of the book, he could have put me in hell. But you and I are here today because of mercy, not, be, not by our own works of righteousness. And um, <clears throat> when you remember the, in the New Testament, um, there's these... You know, the problem with the Pharisees of Jesus' day were they were so self-righteous. They, they felt like their own righteousness justified them in pronouncing judgment on other people. Boy, there's a lot, and I've, and I've done that. We think, you know, because we do certain things, and, you know, we've never smoked, we never drank, we were virgins when we got married, we don't cuss, we tithe, we're faithful to church. Uh, but those things are works. We're not justified by works. And uh, these Pharisees, you know, they, they catch this woman in the act of adultery. And they, they bring her before Christ. And they said, Moses' law says that we're supposed to stone her. They wanted to stone her. And my, my first question is, why didn't they bring the man with her that was committing adultery with her? But they left him totally out of the picture. And judgment many, many times is so inaccurate. And he, here's this woman. She has, she has no defense because she knows that she's wrong. And they, they throw her at the feet of Jesus. And 
they said, let's stone her. And, and Jesus looks at them, and finally we know he, got, he, he knelt down, he began to write in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote, but it's very possible that he began to write in the dirt the failures of the men who were making the accusation. Because the scripture said that when he looked up, they were gone. So we don't know what happened in that moment, but something transpired because Jesus said this. He said, he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. And it said from the least to the greatest, they all begin to walk away because they knew that they were not without sin. And Jesus looked at the woman and he said, where, woman, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, they're gone. He said, neither do I accuse you. Hear that? He said, neither do I judge you. But he said, go thy way and sin no more. Jesus' ministry was always about salvation and was not about judgment. And um, <clears throat> I think of the story of the publican and the sinner. And, you know, they both, first of all, you have one that's an out-and-out -out sinner. He's violating every principle of God. And then you have a publican who is living by the letter of the law. And so they both, uh, Jesus tells the story, he said that one, the publican goes to prayer, and he says, or the sinner, he says, Lord, um, would, would you forgive me? He said, I'm not even worthy. He wasn't trying to justify himself. He was asking for mercy, and he, he said, I, I'm not worthy. And he repented. And then the other man, the Bible said that he just began to brag on himself and tell the Lord how great he was. And I'm not like this guy over here, but I fast and I pray and I tithe. And the Lord said, which one of those do you think left justified? It wasn't the one who thought he was just the flavor of the day and you didn't think you could point at anything in his life that was wrong. You know what his sin was? He was too busy judging that he could not see uh, the, the, inequity, uh, the inequity that was in his own life. And Jesus said it was the sinner that went to his house justified. I don't care how much we pray, how anointed we are, how much we fast, how much we uh, look like to other people. We are great people, great Christians. We will never, you will never become so perfected and so righteous that you reach a place that you now qualify to sit in the judgment seat of God. The moment that we sit in the judgment seat, we move God off of it. And um, I guess what, what I really want to bring home is this. It's very possible. In fact, I know this for a fact. I think it's true in my own life. That God has withheld some graces, some, some abilities that we want to operate in because we were too busy judging other men who have operated in those who fail, or who had some sin in their life. And you know, most of us, we never, uh, when, when I read about A.A. Allen and William Branham and John Dowdy and Jack Coe and, 
and all of these men that God used in such a powerful way, and, and yet they were human. I never met them. How can I judge somebody I never met? There are, there are men in the last few decades that operating gifts that I'm, that I'm asking the Lord for. And, uh, and I want to operate in those, and yet I can think back, and I think I felt justified in talking about their failures instead of saying, God, I pray that you would just bring them to a place to where they can operate in that again. I want to encourage you. Probably one of the greatest weaknesses of Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, Pentecostal, charismatic people is how quick we judge other people, how quick we are to, to pounce on other people. Somebody said this. They said that the church is the only ones who bury their wounded. And Paul talked about it in, I think it was in Corinthians. He said, you're cannibals, you're spiritual cannibals. He said, you devour one another. And I'm grateful that God did not judge me in my moments of weakness, but he justified me in my moments of pleas for mercy, and he cleansed me by his blood. So I, I think that probably a lot of us are going to step over into another dimension because uh, I don't believe I'm the only one that God is, has talked to about in this. There has to be adjustments made. And if the thing is, when we talk about the failures of others, it doesn't make them go away. It doesn't make them any better. That's why the Lord said, pray one for another, you know, to restore a brother that's fallen. And uh, I believe that a lot of the gifts of God operate from the position of mercy when we're full of mercy and we're full of forgiveness. It doesn't mean we condone sin. It doesn't mean that we say, okay, it's all right, and we compromise. That's not what God is saying. He's just simply saying, allow, leave the judging to me and let me deal with that person. And you lay aside the things that are slowing you down and you walk in the fullness of <clears throat> what I'm revealing to you. So. No, it's kind of a heavy word, but uh, hey, I, I hit myself between the eyes also. But these are good days ahead, and, and God's making adjustments because of the realm that he's getting ready to thrust us into. So let this marinate in your spirit, and uh, God bless you, and I'll see you next week. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.